The Rawlings Gold Glove Award finalists were announced for both the American and National League on Thursday. And the biggest takeaway was, how in the world is Jorge Mateo not a finalist for the Gold Glove at shortstop in the American League? We'll try to somehow figure that out coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, October 21st, 2022. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're talking all things Gold Glove Award finalists. As two Orioles players were named finalists at their positions, and you could argue that three others were snubbed from the top three. We'll talk about which guys made it, which guys didn't, and why the Gold Glove Awards are kind of a sham at this point. Then we'll finish the pod talking a little bit about a playoff update as we are into the championship series. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And before we get started, just want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. We're still five days a week here throughout the off season. And we thank you so much for subscribing, for leaving a rating and a review, for liking, commenting, and subscribing on our YouTube page as well. We thank you so, so much for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we were going to initially talk about Kyle Bradish and review his 2022 season. And then the Gold Glove Award finalists came out on Thursday afternoon. And I generally don't like to focus too much on the Gold Glove Award. Because as we've seen year after year, there are some winners who legitimately deserve it every year. And it's given to the best defensive player at each position in each league. And there's also some that just baffle you. Where it looks like they're literally looking at offensive stats just as much, if not more, than defensive stats when giving out these awards. And there's sometimes where the best player at the position isn't even a finalist in the top three. And that happened to Jorge Mateo this year. But we'll get to that in a minute. We're going to start with the two Orioles who actually did get nominated for a Gold Glove Award. And let's start at third base. And a big time shout out to Ramon Urias, who has been named a finalist for the Gold Glove at third base in the American League. Along with Jose Ramirez of the Guardians and Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays, Arias is one of the finalists. And let's just put our cards on the table here. Ramon Arias is not winning the Gold Glove at third base. Not because he doesn't deserve it, because there are arguments to be made, which we'll talk about, that if you just look at the numbers, he could deserve a Gold Glove at third base for the Orioles. But he's not going to win this because the other two players are all-stars and one of them an MVP candidate in Jose Ramirez and Matt Chapman. And unfortunately, a lot of what this award is, is name recognition and unfortunately hitting stats as well. It's a gold glove. This should be based solely on fielding. It is not, but it should be. So let's start by looking at Ramona Rios's season and players he's competing with 
at third base. But for Urias this year, just an incredible year defensively. And listen, he had a pretty good offensive year, I would say, in 2021. Got some, you know, expectations onto him heading into 2022. And although he had some hot streaks for the Orioles, I think in general, it was a little disappointing for Arias at the plate this year. But where it was not disappointing for Arias was with the glove. He was absolutely sensational defensively at third base. And he was not too shabby at second base either. But his main position was third this year for the Orioles. And he was scooping up everything left and right at the hot corner. I tweeted this out earlier this season. It felt like the closest thing the O's had had defensively to Manny Machado since they traded him. And, you know, as I talked about how there is an argument to be made for Ramon Arias to win this Gold Glove Award at third base, let's start with the defensive run saved per fan graphs. Ramon Arias, 14 defensive runs saved at third base this year. The next highest total in the American League is Josh Donaldson with eight. Ramon Arias has almost double the amount of defensive runs saved that the number two finisher, Josh Donaldson, does. That's pretty ridiculous. Then you have DJ LeMahieu with eight as well. Josh Smith of Texas with six. And then Kevin Smith, he a Terp of the Athletics with five defensive runs saved. Now, if you're wondering, Connor, where are the other two finalists? Well, that's where you would find Matt Chapman, two defensive runs saved. And Jose Ramirez, two defensive runs saved. Does that answer your question? Let's go to outs above average, a stat that looks more at you know the outs that you're saving, the outs that you're picking up for your team instead of just runs in general. Number one in the American League, Ramon Arias with seven outs above average at third base. He is tied for first with Josh Donaldson. And then Alex Bregman, DJ LeMayu, and Ernie Clement. They all have five. Now, you may be asking again, Connor, where are the other two finalists? Matt Chapman and Jose Ramirez, each with one out above average, tied for 15th in the American League this year. If you're just going off the stats, Ramon Arias should be the easy winner of this award, and Chapman and Ramirez should not be the other two finalists. It should probably be Donaldson and then maybe Bregman, those should be your guys, not Chapman and Ramirez, but here we are. But Ramon Arias should win this award. The glove was great this year. It was fun to watch him pick so many balls out. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he can get it over there. He can turn a double play at third and at second as well. He just scooped up the most balls we've seen since Manny Machado at third base, and it was really, really fun to watch. And again, if they're looking at the stats, he should be the front runner. But again, I... I don't think he's winning this award. But the other Oriole who was nominated again is Cedric Mullins, who got nominated as one of the three finalists in center field in the American League for the Gold Glove. And I will say, I don't think Cedric Mullins has nearly as good a case to win as Ramon Arias does, and some of that has to do with his competition as well. The two other finalists are Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians and Michael A. Taylor of the Kansas City Royals. So Mullins was the only one who kind of at least had the bat to go with it this year. Michael A. Taylor was okay. Miles Straw can't hit at all, but he is an elite, elite defensive center fielder. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out because 
more people know of Mullins, really, than those other two guys with name recognition just because of how good his season was last year and making the All-Star game. But in terms of defensive runs saved, it really kind of isn't close. The two other finalists are miles, pun intended, above Cedric Mullins. Michael A. Taylor leads American League center fielders with 19 defensive runs saved. Then you have Miles Straw in second with 17 defensive runs saved. Those are the two finalists. Third place is Byron Buxton with eight. Cedric Mullins is in fifth place with five defensive runs saved on the season from center field. Now, when you go to outs above average, the stats switch just a little bit. And your outs above average leader was actually Jose Siri, who's played with both the Astros and the Rays this year with 14. Then you have Miles Straw at 13. Byron Buxton, Cedric Mullins, and Christian Pache all with eight. Michael A. Taylor has five. So I think there's an argument to be made that Mullins deserved this, this third spot, but there is not an argument to be made that he should finish any higher than third. I think Miles Straw will win this award with Taylor coming in second and Mullins coming in third, but cool to see him even nominated again. Again, the big thing for Mullins this year is although his throwing arm is still below average, he really upped his arm strength. You can even see it on StatCast. They track arm strength now. Mullins had one of the biggest jumps in improving his arm strength from 2021 to 2022. He still covered an incredible amount of ground out in center field, was an electric player to watch defensively, really deserved this nomination. Just don't think he's going to win it, but I think big things that he improved the arm. I think he can continue to improve the arm as well, and that, that signals good things for the Orioles defensively in center field. But again, I don't think Mullins will win. Arias should win, but will he? Probably not because of name recognition. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the three Orioles who actually got snubbed from these Gold Glove Awards. And one of these guys actually probably should have had the best chance to win. And he's not even going to be on the ballot now. We'll talk about those three guys coming up next. But first, got to tell you about betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting information this season. Of course, Major League Baseball playoffs. We're into the ALCS and the NLCS. Get the lines and the odds on every single game between the Phillies and the Padres and the Yankees and the Astros. But of course, we've also got football season. College football, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Wednesdays, sometimes Tuesdays as well. You got the NFL on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. You can get all the lines, all the odds, latest player developments, news, team matchups, listen to podcasts, get in-depth analysis on every football game this season at betonline.net, and they've also got all your basketball lines. The NBA season starting this week. Get all your NBA betting action, including live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every game out there at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So two Orioles, Ramon Arias at third base and Cedric Mullins in center field. Each were named Gold Glove finalists in the American League. Announced on Thursday, the top three finalists at each position in the American League. But there's a strong argument to be made that three other Orioles could have ended up, and maybe should have ended up, on one of these lists. And let's start with the most egregious omission of any Gold Glove position in AL or NL in this year's finalists. And... A lot of people, even non-Orioles fans, have agreed with this take. Jorge Mateo absolutely positively should have at the very least been on the ballot. And honestly, he deserves to win the gold glove at shortstop in the American League. And yet, 
He was not even a finalist. How you look at this season defensively for Jorge Mateo, especially compared to the rest of the shortstops in the American League, and to the guys who actually were finalists, and how you don't pick him as one of the top three is just absurd. I mean, if there is ever an indication that the Gold Glove Awards are bogus, a lot of them are based on name value and offense, this is it right here. Here are your three finalists. Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox, Carlos Correa of the Twins, and Jeremy Pena of the Astros. Now, as we'll get into, Pena certainly deserved it, and him and Mateo were neck and neck all year for the Gold Glove. Xander Bogarts, I would have taken him as the third choice. Carlos Correa is nowhere close to being on this leaderboard. Let's start with defensive runs saved. Jeremy Pena led American League shortstops with 15 defensive runs saved, but Jorge Mateo right behind him with 14 on the year. Both had an incredible year at shortstop. Then you've got former Orioles legend Andrew Velasquez with 11, Isaiah Connor-Falefa and Taylor Walls each with 10, and then it drops down. Xander Bogarts was eighth with four defensive runs saved, and then your other finalists, Carlos Correa with three defensive runs saved. Not even close to Jorge Mateo. Let's go to outs above average. Your number one finisher in outs above average among American League shortstops was Jorge Mateo with 11. Second place, Nick Allen of the A's with eight. Then you have Jeremy Pena tied with Nicky Lopez of the Royals with seven. Then you have Xander Bogarts at five. So I think I, I, I understand the argument. I think if it were Mateo, Pena, and Bogarts, I think that would have been a fine top three for the gold glove in the American League. But you're wondering, okay, where's Carlos Correa in outs above average? It's, it's hard to find him on the list. Carlos Correa, in terms of outs above average among American League shortstops, not even in the top 10. He's way, way down the list. He's 33rd with negative three outs above average. What are we doing here? How are we putting Carlos Correa in this group? And listen, I still want Carlos Correa on the Orioles next year. How is he getting in over Jorge Mateo? Mateo has the stats to back it up, the advanced stats. Has the eye test to back it up. Jorge Mateo was electric defensively at shortstop this year. Making the easy plays, making the incredibly difficult plays, moving to his right, moving to his left, spin moves, turning double plays. The O's turned so many double plays this year. Diving catches, leaping plays into the outfield. He did it all at shortstop in his first really full season as a major league shortstop, and he was the best in the American League. How he's not at least a finalist when he should be the winner is criminal. I mean, if you already weren't just completely brushing off the Gold Glove Awards, it's time to start doing so now because it's it's ridiculous. And I mean, the Gold Glove Awards is a Gold Glove Award, it's whatever, but it means something to the players. That's mostly why I'm upset. You know, the Fielding Bible, they do a better job of really breaking down the best fielders, but it means something to a player to win a gold glove. Maybe Jorge Mateo is never again a starting shortstop for, you know, 150 games. Maybe it never happens again in his career, depending on what the O's do this offseason. This was his one chance to win an award like that, and he deserved that gold glove. And the fact that he's not going to get it 
is ridiculous. And I guess that's just what the Gold Glove Awards have come to. Now, Mateo, of course, by far the biggest snub in the Gold Gloves, but he wasn't the only snub of the Orioles. I'd go to catcher to maybe find another one in that Adley Rutschman, not on the list for American League catchers. Your three finalists in the AL, Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's, Cal Raleigh, the big dumper from the Seattle Mariners, and Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees. Now, what I will say is Adley was not going to win this award because Jose Trevino had just an unreal defensive season behind the plate. The reason why, a big reason why he was an all-star this year is because of how good he was defensively. Trevino with 21 defensive runs saved behind the plate led the American League. However, number two was Adley Rutschman in about 100 less innings than the rest of the leaders because he didn't play till May. He was number two with 18. Then you have Cal Raleigh in third with 14 and Sean Murphy 17th with one. He probably shouldn't have been on this list. They don't track outs above average for catchers. So the other data we have is framing metrics. And in terms of the Fangraphs framing metric, number one by a landslide, Jose Trevino. He had a 19.0 on his framing metric. The next best was nine. He was basically twice as good as the next best framer in the American League. Then you had Orioles minor league legend Jonah Heim of the Rangers at number two. Adley Rutschman at number three, Sean Murphy at four, and Cal Raleigh at five. I think it's fair to argue that Adley Rutschman, who was third in framing, second in defensive run saved, probably should have been a finalist. Again, he wasn't going to win because Trevino should win this award. If not, just cancel the gold glove because he was awesome this year. But Adley should have been on there. He's an elite defender. And I think what did hurt him, and I understand this, is he didn't play a full season. He didn't come up till late May. If he plays a full season, he's a finalist. I think he's going to be finalist every year for years to come now that he's in there for a full season. And then the other snub that we could mention is kind of surprisingly Ryan Mountcastle. And after the disaster he had been throughout his career defensively, being drafted as a shortstop, not really finding a position, looking awful in the outfield, and honestly looking bad at first base defensively last year, he made some of the biggest strides of any big leaguer defensively this season. Now, some of the stats aren't going to show, but that's because it's really tough to grade out first base metrics because a lot of the plays you make just don't impact the game as much. So, for example, here are the finalists at first base in the American League. Luis Arise of the Twins, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays, and Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees. In terms of defensive runs saved, your leader in the American League has four. It's Carlos Santana and Arise who are each tied at four. Then you have Vladdy and Marwin Gonzalez with three. Ryan Mountcastle had one. So he's right there, but he was also tied for 11th because you don't get many DRS as a first baseman. When you go over to outs above average, it's kind of the same thing. You don't get a whole lot of separation between these guys. Dermis Garcia and Owen Miller. Garcia of Oakland, Owen Miller of Cleveland, tied with four outs above average to lead the AL. Then you have Carlos Santana, Josh Naylor, and then Ryan Mountcastle, each with three outs above average. Now, I wasn't super surprised Mountcastle wasn't on this list. This is another one, especially first base, where you go off of 
basically offense and then track record. So Anthony Rizzo, people think of him as a good defensive first baseman. I don't really know that he is, but that's why he's on here. And then Arise and Vlad Jr. had great offensive seasons. Arise had a solid defensive season. Guerrero was all right. That's why they're on here. Not too upset about the Mountcastle one. Just did want to throw in there that he was at least in the mix this season. But nothing worse than what happened to Jorge Mateo because that is just disgusting and ridiculous that he's not on this list. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's also crazy to think that, I mean, Ramon Arias had a great year. Don't get me wrong. But how does Arias get on there and not Mateo? I mean, if you're going to talk about name recognition, these people know Mateo a little bit more, I would think. Weird. Very weird. Happy for Arias. Happy for Mullins. Really disappointed for for Jorge Mateo. That stinks. He should have been on there. He should win the award. He deserves it. It's awful that he's not on there. But the Gold Glove Awards are the Gold Glove Awards. They will continue to be weird, and you should continue to not make too much out of them, but just had to bring it up today because, man, I mean, that was that was maybe the most egregious omission in the awards that I had ever seen. But the guy who's probably going to win that gold glove at shortstop over Mateo with him not being there, Jerry Mapena should win it in a landslide now. Those two were, it was going to be a great race between those two. Now it should just be Pena. But it's Pena's bat here in the postseason that is really really shining. And coming up next, we're just going to check in on the MLB playoffs. We're into the ALCS and the NLCS. I'll talk about how my picks have been doing hit not very well. Talk about maybe some thoughts on how the rest of this will go in October. So to finish up this episode, we're in October, we're in the playoffs, and we are into the championship series. On the American League side, it's the Yankees and the Astros. As I'm recording this right now, you got the Astros leading 3-2 to two in the bottom of the sixth inning. Hopefully they win that one and go up 2-0 in the series. And then you got the Padres and the Phillies tied at one game of peace after they split the first two games of the NLCS in San Diego. And kind of interesting how it's played out in the playoffs, right? In the American League side, you have the two juggernauts, you know, the two best teams really from wire to wire in the American League. The Yankees and the Astros meet here in the ALCS. They got here in different ways. You know, the Astros played some close games, but they swept the Mariners. The Yankees, however, went down 2-1 to one against the Guardians in the ALDS. They were on the ropes, but came back, won the final two games because of some weird pitching decisions by Terry Francona and the Guardians. And the Yankees are here, and once again facing the Astros and still very upset about the banging scheme. But hopefully, as you're listening to this, it is 2-0 Astros. But on the other side, you have the two lowest seeds in the bracket, the five seed and the six seed, the Padres and the Phillies, two wild card teams. Of course, the Phillies took care of the Cardinals. Padres took out the Mets in the wild card series. And then they each took out 100-win juggernauts in the NLDS. The Phillies just took it to the Braves in four games offensively, and then the Padres finally slayed the Dragon. They beat the Dodgers in four games in that NLDS, and both teams just kind of cruised to what's going to be a crazy NLCS, teams that haven't been to this spot in a while. And I think it's cool to see the dichotomy of you know the big names back in the AL and then two really new names, or you know it's been a while for these two teams in the National League. Now, in terms of my predictions... I'll just put it all on the table. I went 0 for 4 in championship series teams. Yes, that is 0 for 4. I had the Mets and the Braves meeting in the NLCS. Yes, I did. 
And I had the Blue Jays and the Guardians meeting in the ALCS. That didn't work out either. Of course, I had Blue Jays over Mets as my World Series pick. I got the Braves right last year as the champion. Got very, very, very wrong here in 2022. But that's okay. In terms of rooting interest from one to four, number one is the Padres for me right now. I mean, Manny Machado and Ryan Flaherty winning a World Series would be awesome. Manny deserves one. Be cool to see Flaherty win one as a coach. The Padres team is so, so fun. I think it'd just be good for baseball for them to win a title. I'd say number two right now is actually gone to the Phillies. Just been fun to watch them play in Philadelphia. It's been long enough since they were really good, since you know they won the World Series in 2008. So you kind of forgot that they were uh, you know, trying to turn into a dynasty there at one point. I generally think this Phillies team has some really fun players that I'd like to see win. A close third, maybe even tied for second, is the Houston Astros. It'll be tough to, who I'm cheering for if it's Phillies and Astros. The Astros, again, I wouldn't love to see them win with everything that's going on around them, but I would like to see Dusty Baker get a title, and of course, I would love to see Trey Mancini win a ring. However, I'm cooling on the Astros cheering because Mancini's basically not playing this postseason. He was really bad down the stretch with the Astros, was not good to start that series against the Mariners, and Trey Mancini's basically been essentially benched at this point for the Houston Astros. I mean, he's kind of just available as a pinch hitter at this point off the bench. He's on the roster, but he's not starting any of these games. And so it would make it a little less fun if he got a ring but didn't really contribute. And then, of course, dead last, way down there, all the way down is the Yankees. I'm kind of almost at a spot where it's like, if any of the other three teams win, I'll be okay. Just don't let it be the Yankees. Hopefully the Astros can go up 2-0 and kind of bury the Yankees here. But that's where we are. My picks... See if I can get some more right. I do think the Astros are winning this series. And I think on the other side, the Padres just have some momentum. And I got the Padres. And I think this is the Padres' year. I think they're going to win the World Series in six games over the Astros. And it would be really, really cool to see the Padres win it all. And, hey, I can change my picks because all four of my championship series teams are out. So got to pick some new teams. But that'll do it for the podcast here this week. We'll be back with you on Monday, of course, to talk all things Orioles. I think we're going to be doing a Mailbag Monday coming up next week. So if you have Orioles questions about the 2022 season, about the upcoming offseason, or anything in between with the Orioles, you can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. You can tweet at the account at LockedOnOrioles. You can tweet at me at Connor Newcomb underscore or both accounts. The DMs are open to send a mailbag question. You can also comment in the YouTube comments right here on any video and label it a mailbag question and we'll answer it coming up. Or you can leave a mailbag question in the iTunes Apple Podcast review section. Leave a rating and a review. And in the review, you can leave your mailbag question. But that's all the ways to get your mailbag questions in. And we will answer them coming up, hopefully, on Monday's episode when we return here on the pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb. And this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.